June 6, 2023. We're in Masechet Beza and Daf Kaf Aleph Amud Aleph. If you count up from where the lines first widen at the very bottom, so it's 10 lines up, the last word on the line, Ba'umine. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are de- dedicated, they're donated in honor of Sarah Cohen, Sophia Cohen, Marcel Cohen, Stephen and Sophia Cohen, Albert and Marcel Shami, and Gail Mishan. They're donated in, 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 as well in memory of Nathan and Marlene Cohen, Jack Mishan, and Sophia Dweck. So the Gemara, if you recall, that we left off with yesterday had this question, that the people asked, they posed to Rav Huna. What was the question? Baga. Uh, these uh, people who live in the villages, Baga. Deramu alaihu, it's placed upon them. Rame means to place. It's placed upon them forcibly. They're coerced. Kimhad bene hela, the flower of the legions, meaning the uh, troops of the government of one or another, are passing through or dwelling in this village or in these villages, and they need to make bread for those troopsmen. Mahula afota beyom tov. Is it permitted for them, uh, the people who live there, the Jewish people, uh, to bake for the uh, for the army people? Is that permitted or not? No, the army men will not be Jews, are not Jews, but the people who are cooking, baking, obviously are Jews. Now, if we're to take a step back and think about this based on what we learned until now, we would and should immediately say Asur. Why would we say Asur? Well, we learned. We learned the statement of Rav Hasta yesterday, and his statement was basing himself on the derasha that we know from Beit Hillel, lachem velolakutim, it's for yourselves that you can do melachan yom tov, but not for non-Jews. Even though by slaughtering we found an angle, a way to permit, when it comes to dough, the isa, we say you should separate the dough for them, for the non-Jewish uh, partner over here, for the non-Jewish troopsmen, let them deal with that. And you can and must only deal with the dough, which is your own. And as a result, if we're reading this Gemara at this point, we should have in mind, this should be based on what we know, Asur. What's that? Now, if it's going to be at the expense of their, if it's going to be at the expense of their life, there's no question they wouldn't be posing the question. Apparently, there's some sort of dealings to be had. Apparently, there's some sort of decision. Maybe we can pay them off instead of doing it. It has to be. If there's pikuach nefesh, the question wouldn't have been raised. Amar lehu says Rafuna. Here's the halacha. Hazina, you need to see iyahave le rifta le yanuka kapde. If they'll allow for you, you have to check and see if you give, Yahiv means to give, Rifta means bread, Le Yanuka, Yanuka means a baby, a child, Velakapte, and they won't be angered, they won't be annoyed, meaning the following. You need to test this out, or you need to determine this. If, as the legions, as the, uh, the army men are there, uh, instead of, or at the same time that you give to them, you give to your children, uh, maybe first, maybe second, well, that's significant in and of itself. Why is that significant? I'm making the bread for them, am I not? Because in such a circumstance, we'll say, kol hada vehada, every one and the other, meaning of the loaves of bread, hazya yanuka, it's appropriate to be eaten by the child, vishare. And in such a circumstance, one sec, we'll have to break this down, and it's permitted, vilav asur, if not, it's prohibited.
Uh, let's again take a step back and understand this. Why the children as opposed to anyone else? The assumption is if you're giving it to the children, you turn to them, they'll be all right. If you're taking it for yourself instead of us, no. In other words, the child is an easy way to test this. Nobody in their, in their right giving merciful mind is going to say no to a child. It's the easiest angle on this. We don't actually need the bread, but we'll be able to give it as a treat of some sort to the children. Don't your children love loaves of bread? Um, anyway, so that's, that's the suggestion here of Rav Hunan. Again, what's the specific angle in terms of the technicalities? How the mechanics of this going to work out? It goes like this. As you're baking that bread, what's your expressed purpose? What's in your mind? You have to change your mindset from what you would have imagined it would be. You would have said, I'm baking this bread for the legions, for the army men of the, of the kingdom and so forth, all prohibited. You would have, as a result, said, I have to separate this bread from the bread that is mine and the bread that's theirs and let them bake their own. And he says, no, you have an angle on this. There's a loophole. Have in mind and determine that you can give it to your children. If you can give some of it to your children, well, by so doing, every single one of the loaves of bread that you bake could be, quote, in theory, your child's, and that would permit there are several difficulties with this statement already. Number one, difficulty number one is this is all presuming, this is all going with, and I know it's the only time we're going to return to it, I think, today, with the concept that was a little difficult from yesterday. It's called ho'il. Ho'il is since, right? That's why I translate that word. Since there might be guests that will come, therefore I can bake now for tomorrow. Since, right? That's what we had this idea yesterday as well. Since it might be. Over here it says, since for my dogs, I might have meat. Right? That was what we talked about yesterday. There's a since over here, there's a ho'il over here. Since I could give it to my children, and I actually give my children. I don't know about you, but my children are not interested in loaves of bread. That's not their, if I'm making cookies, it's another thing. So they're not interested. The, that's an important question. Uh, you're going ahead of us. Yes, he wanted to know who owns the flower. That's, that's an important question, but I don't know why yet, why you're asking that, but good question. Uh, hold it for a second. Uh, believe it or not, I'm prepared as well. Um, uh, anyway, but, but what I will tell you is the sense, the ho'il, which is clearly operational over here, that's far from simple. As, um, as, as, uh, as, we, as Eddie and I were talking about right before the class, Ho'il, as I repeated several times yesterday, only helps on a biblical level. The concept, the idea, the svara, the logic that since X, Y, and Z might happen, therefore I can do this now, uh, rabbinically speaking, they still restrict that. So how are you, bekum how are you, Ravuna, being posek That's not after the fact. It's not they already baked it. Can we use it? Is it okay? It's you're telling them to do so. Very clearly, I'll go a step further. They're probably not giving it to their kids. But you can say about each one of those loaves that if my kid wants it, it'll go to him. So each one has a potential. That's the suggestion. But the sins, the ho'il, only works with the oraitaitza. Assume it's a banan. Nobody's eating from it to begin with. Not even the kids. We're testing to see. Listen, I, you know, when, when army troops, we have, not in my lifetime, come through, they give candies to kids, they hand off things to kids. That's the idea. The idea is, can we have a takeaway for the kid? It's not per se that the kids are, as opposed to adults, if they'll give it to adults as well, that's fine. Absolutely. But ultimately speaking, Wait, uh, the, the army's keeping the bread. 
right to the kids? No. They'll allow for me to give it to the kids in addition to them. So in other words, the statement here in the Gemara then though is that we're using ho'il, even l'chatechila, we're using the svara, the logic of ho'il, even to permit something. I thought it only bumps it down from biblical violation. You're telling me now that it's even rabbinically permitted? Teddy, you had a question? Oh, yeah, a suggestion. Why, why utilize so, good question, Teddy, but that's still working with ho'il. It's just an extended ho'il. It's a ho'il, and I know it's going to happen. Um, so, uh, Teddy suggests, and this is a suggestion of some of the Rishonim in this context, is uh, when I talk about ho'il, maybe guests will come, uh, maybe my, I'll have the meat for the dogs, I'm not really certain in that situation that guests are coming. I'm not really certain that my dogs, I have the meat for them. Over here, what Teddy is suggesting is, and this is what some of the Rishonim say, the children are here. I might not be giving it to them, but the children are here. It's not a maybe guests will come. The children, my children exist. I know if I give them a loaf of bread, they will eat from it. And as a result, it's more lenient over here. It's a very important suggestion. Alternatively, our Gemara Sha'at although it's not life or death, uh, Jeffrey, it is ultimately speaking a dangerous situation. And as a result, even though rabbinically it should be restricted, they were permitting over here. Of course they could, but you know, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's a, it's a time. There's no ownership per se, per se. But well, imagine the scene. Imagine the scene. They move into Brooklyn and they've tasked you and your bakery to make them bread. They're going to be okay that you're handing it off to us. It's a job. It's, a, it's a coerced. It's a forced job. Tosafot have a different uh, issue over here. Tosafot are bothered. Why doesn't the Gemara explicitly tell us that this statement is disputing, is disagreeing with what we learned in Rav Hasta yesterday? It's back to back in the Gemara. Rav Huna is coming and permitting something, which we began the class, we read his words, and I said, what do you think the halakha should be? I think, even though nobody really spoke up, everybody agrees it should have been Asur. He's being Matir. He has this nice logic, maybe the children, as a result, each one of them. I just say explicitly, Upliga, the Gemara will say that sometimes, and it's Cholek, Rav Hasta disagrees with it, and then tell us the story. But those words are not in our Gemara. Tosafot instead suggests, as Eli told us earlier, this Tosafot on the left-hand side, uh, if you uh, skip just three lines down in this Tosafot, the last word on the line, Hazinan, Tosafot, to the word at the end of the third line, Ve'omer Ri, Tosafot quotes from Ri, one of the Ba'aleha Tosafot, De la there's no mahlok, there's no dispute between Rav Huna and Rav Hasta. Again, Rav Hasta says you have to separate the dough, you can't make anything for the non-Jews. Rav Huna says, no, make it, because each one of the loaves could be your, whoever heard of such a logic. How so? Dishane Isa, in the earlier case, that of Rav Hasta, there was a partial ownership on this bread. Half is mine, half is the non-Jews. As a result, before baking it on the holiday, separate it. That's yours, this is mine, no problem. Half of it was mine, ultimately speaking. Says Tosafot, Aval hacha. Now, we didn't see this in our Gemara, but the assumption of Tosafot is hacha means here, mayere, mayere means it's taking place. The case is, shehayahakemach libnehela. The flower never belonged to the Jew. You couldn't in the initial stages say, okay, I'm separating my baking and his baking. There's no baking, there's no separation to be had. 
As a result, suggests Tosafot, even Rav Hasta, who told us, separate, you have to separate when you could separate. If there's no separation to be had, the flower doesn't belong to you in the first place, we can revert to plan two, which is, and apparently Rav Hasta would never disagree with that, see if it could go to the children and say about each one of these loaves that it could be given to the child. We're checking whether they'd allow us to, which means they're allowing us to bake for ourselves. It never belonged to us, but they're giving it to us from the baking. It means the baking was for ourselves. Your life's in danger. Putin is in the water, the Shabbat is speaking, he tells the Jewish people, feed the guys the bread. Oh, no, wait a second. So I think we're out of context. I mean it. I had the same, the first time I learned this, I remember having the same types of questions. I think we're out of context in time. I think there used to be troops which, which passed through on more than... Uh, on, I think it's a different reality. I think if Russia passed through and we have the threat of Putin and it's the Jews, I think we're going to be decimated and we would have all sorts of heterim and kulot because of pikuach nefesh and what's going on, all that sort of thing. I don't think it was reality. I think these were people who passed through all the time. It's in the villages. They're passing through all the time. They have these sorts of relationships with it. Now, it's a dangerous relationship only if you don't follow through on your word. But there's an understanding. It wasn't persecution is what I'm saying. It was following through and... Anyway, so says the Gemara again, so that's the statement of Rav Huna. Back to the beginning. There's a question to Rav Huna. We check, we see, or I see. Or you should see if they'll let you give Riftali Asur, says the Gemara, right? We heard your Pesach Halacha. You're permitting by saying, if it can and would be eaten by another person from our uh, uh, group, meaning by the child, well, then it's permitted. We'll say about each loaf that it's, oh, that might be the child. Oh, no, that one might be. Fahatanya. Don't we have a Beraita? Uh, so that's Jeffrey's question from earlier. You're going to pay them off. You're going to do it before Yom Tov. You're going to find another way. Again, if your life will be at stake, if your life will be at stake, so then you're clearly doing it. I What's that? Of course they're obligating. We're not doing this out of our own volition. But the point is there had to be another way to deal with this. I could pay them off. I could do it before Yom Tov. They had to be, or I have to get into a conversation with them and find out how much of this is necessary. That, that's the point. We are not uh, putting our lives at danger. It can't be. The Hatanya, the Gemara says, don't we have a Beraita which challenges this Pesach Halacha? Ma'aseh b'shim'on hatimni. My entire life, I said that name. His name appraised a Temani. I always thought he was a Yemenite. Rashi over here quotes from Pasuk in Shofetim. Shimshon Hatan Hatimni Mitimnat. He's not from Teman, Yemen. He's from Timnat. His name is Timni. Okay. Ma'aseh b'shimon Hatimni. Shelo ba'emesh lebet midrash. He didn't come yesterday or last night, as she writes, Ben Ha'arbaim Shal Yom Tob. He didn't come on Eid of Yom Tob to the Midrash. He was absent. All right, so coming in the morning on Yom Tob, well, his rabbi, maybe his, his friend is a little bit nervous or maybe a little bit annoyed with him. Where were you? Misaor Biuda Ben Bava. 
So Shimon HaTimni, who wasn't there last night, shows up in the morning of Yom Tov, and Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava sees him. Amar lo mipenema lo bata emesh lebet midrash he says, well, what happened? You were playing hooky last night? Where were you? Why weren't you in the Midrash? Ben Harbaim of Erev Yom Tov. Amar lo, baleshet ba'ale irenu. You'll never believe what happened. There was a baleshet. Baleshet, very clearly again. Rashi, hel gadol shel gedude nochrim shemehapesin uborshin lishlol shalal. Their objective is to take spoils, to take possessions. Uh, it has to be, again, in this entire story, there's no pikuach nefesh. They're interested in our money, they're not interested in our lives. So they passed through, and they were interested in taking, ransacking our place for our possessions. That's It must be that the raid is such that they want our money, they're not in, you're, again, different context, different time. Uh, it has to be. It has to be. If the Gemara was dealing with nefesh, these questions never would have arisen. It has to be. We're dealing with a time and age that you and I can't wrap our heads around. If they want our money and they're so drunken for our possessions, how would they not take our life? They wouldn't. Okay. Uh, so, Baleshet lahatofet kol They wanted to ransack. They wanted to not kill, but grab the possessions of the entire city. So, we bribed them. How'd you bribe them? Shahatnu lahem egel. We slaughtered for them a calf. Ve'echalnum. And we fed them. And we realized they're just worked up because they haven't had a good meal recently. Once we fed them, upeternum shalom. we set them off, we uh, alleviated them, we uh, had them leave with peace. Shimon HaTimni, responding to Rabbi Uda ben Bava, is proud of what they did. He says, you'll never believe what happened. That's why I wasn't here, because I was busy coordinating the peace offering. We slaughtered for them an eagle on Yom Tov. Amar le, says Rabbi Uda ben Bava to Shimon HaTimni, you were proud of that? Tamea'ani im lo behefsedchem. I wonder, and Litmoa means to wonder, I wonder if your, your sachar, your material reward, that which you didn't lose your money, that which everyone maintained their possessions, wasn't lost, behefsed, in a different loss. What loss? Your spiritual loss. I wonder if you gave up a spiritual loss for a material gain. Instead of losing your money to this baleshet, you lost your olam haba, you lost your sachar mitzvot. Shaharei amera Torah, don't you know the law? The Torah says, lachem. And the dirashah betileh, which we learned already, is velola avdei kochavim, and not for non-Jews, period. End of story. So Shimon HaTimni is rebuked by Rabbi Uda ben Baba for his action of slaughtering for non-Jews on the holiday. Says the Gemara, let's take this all in. What's that? Indeed, your excitement is the Gemara's excitement. Since our assumption is they could have eaten from it, we therefore don't understand the rebuke of Rabbi Uda ben Bava. We're turning to Rav Huna, who just made the statement, if you can eat from it, well then it's okay, and saying, why was Shimon HaTimni getting beaten up by Rabbi Uda ben Bava? Not literally. They, 
Erev Yom Tobi wasn't in the Midrash. He was coordinating this deal with them and then slaughtering on Yom Tob. It was Ben Hardaim. It was right at the entrance of Yom Tob that it wasn't in the Midrash. The slaughtering, the assumption, the understanding is was done on Yom Tob. Ve'amai, says the Gemara, why was this so? Why was Rabbi Uda ben Bava right in his dispute, in his uh, angry uh, rebuke of, uh, of Shimon HaTimni? Ha'chazeh lemechal mineh. Could they not, would they not have been able to eat from the Egel themselves? Why is the assumption Tosafot very clearly spells this out at the end of that Hazinan over here since the Egel belonged to them? So there's no question. Of course they could do what they want. They could slaughter. I could take a little bit for myself. If the troops come through, they hand you the flour and they say, Go, you need permission. Can I give it to my children? Over here there's no question you should be able to give it to your children. Ravuna. I don't understand. Why was Shimon HaTimni the losing, uh, the losing uh, party over here? Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef suggests, in order to defend Rav Huna, Egel Terefa Havai. It must have been a non-kosher, a taref, um, Egel, which they fed to the non-Jews. That was the problem. We couldn't have eaten from it. You can't say I'm slaughtering, slaughtering for myself, slaughtering for the people, I'm cooking, cooking for myself. No, 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 such thing. Ultimately speaking, this slaughter was prohibited because it was expressed and only purpose for non-Jews. And that's why Shimon HaTimni is rebuked by the Be'udah ben Bema. Say it again. No problem. If you gave him the animal, not an issue, there's no melacha. It's the melacha of the shechita. It's the melacha probably of bishul afterwards as well. You're taking away the life. You're right. It's not a kosher shechita, but uh, the melacha is not a kosher shechita. The, the melacha is netilat neshama. Says the Gemara, okay, now that we've dealt with that, we can move on to another thing, but it's connected because I have another question. Even in that story, okay, so Rav Huna, we understand how he stands, how he defends, all that sort of stuff, but wait a second. Why didn't Shimon HaTimni have a different answer? Isn't that flesh, couldn't we use that meat to give to dogs, to give to animals? Now I know, I know. I, I know, I know. We were very clearly dealing with, and then on to Kaf Aleph, the opinion that we're going to see that you can't prepare food for your dog. You can't prepare the food for your dog. That was clear. We had a double derasha. Eli called attention to it, and I told you, just wait. It was lachem velolanochrim, or kutim, lachem velolakilabim. We had a double derasha. Ironically, Kalabim over there was second. Over here in the Gemara, we're going to find an opinion who maintains. You certainly can't make for non-Jews. You can maybe make for your dog. I mean, don't repeat this. Well, I'm recording. We're in trouble on this one. But ultimately speaking, that's the statement. Oh, so but the Gemara now says that happens to be a dispute. There's two opinions on this matter, whether for Kilabim is permitted or not. And this Beraita was going with everything we were assuming until now, that producing food for animals is not permitted. What would be the angle before we read onward to make for the animal? Of course, your animal, I'm part of your family, although not too long ago someone called me, their dog passed away, died, and they wanted to know about well, what could they do. I don't think they were asking about Shiva, but they were asking from Halakhic perspective. Sounds funny, but I don't have a dog, I don't have such a connection. I said, I want to be very sensitive to you, but I can't think of anything. You're going to have to speak to someone who's in this field, uh, you know, maybe a therapist. I, I, I don't know how to do it, that's not a Halakhic thing. But anyway, what, what I will tell you is our Gemara now. Uh, will entertain, and there will be opinion who says 
that since they are your possession, that's the key thing over here, whose food and sustenance is only provided by you, you might be able to make it for them. It will return us to, but I'll mention already now, Jeffrey's question from yesterday, what if you have a chadam at home? Is that they're only, so to speak, they're not your possession, number one. Number two, even if you're responsible for their meals, they could get their own meals. Animals, the assumption is, can't produce their own meals. That's why we do distinguish very clearly the post scheme. Okay, says the Gemara, Ve'amai, ha'chazel, okay, excuse me, Ve'ha'chazel, three lines down in the wide lines, Le'klabim, isn't it appropriate? Couldn't the food be eaten by dogs? And by dogs, we mean any animal. We don't only mean a dog. We mean any animal, and as a result, it should be permitted to slaughter it for the Baleshe to the troops who are coming through or the, the uh, ransacking group. Certainly, certainly. Tana'ehi says the Gemara, this in truth is a mahlok between the Tana'im. Detanya, the Beraita tells us, That's the Pasuk we've been dealing with from beginning until the end of our Masechet. The Pasuk which permits making what we call Melechet Ochel Nefesh, producing food uh, that will be consumed and enjoyed on the holiday. Neemar says the Beraita, from the fact that the Pasuk says, Lechol Nefesh, again, Lechol nefesh. Lechol nefesh means for any soul. What does it mean, any soul? Uh, perhaps even animals who apparently have some sort of soul are included. Who said so? They also would be what you hear. The Pasuk elsewhere in the Torah says, if you strike the soul of an animal, well, you have to pay for that. It means animals have some sort of soul. I'm not talking spiritually now, it's not our purpose, but it is to be mentioned, there is some soul, not the same soul, not the same nature, but ultimately speaking then when the Pasuk says, it should include even the soul of, an, of a dog, of an animal. Um, okay, says the Gemara, Talmud Lomar, Talmud Lomar, that's why the Pasuk says in the concluding words, Lachem. Lachem velo lakilabim. The derasha at the end of the of the beraita therefore is lachem Jared to tell you initially velo lakilabim by extension by extension. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm turning to him and saying this. When it said lechol nefesh, I could have imagined it includes anything, anyone with a soul, including animals and non-Jews. Lachem, the first opinion in the Beraita says lachem velo lakilabim divrei biose hagelili. That clearly is the opinion we were working with until now. That's clearly the opinion that was maintained in the story with Shimon Hatimni, where he's told, "Why'd you slaughter that?" Oh, one second, couldn't he have given it to the dogs, the animals? Who said that would have been permitted? That would have been forbidden. That's the opinion of Biosia Galilee, whom we follow. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Afilu Nefesh Behema Bimashma. Rabbi Akiva disagrees and he maintains that you're allowed to slaughter, you're allowed to do melacha of any sort that's permitted for human beings, for animals as well on Yom Tob. Why does the Pasuk then conclude with the word Lachem? Lachem, specifically for Rabbi Akiva, Velola Avde Kochavim. Says the Gemara, wait a second. Rabbi Yosea is all inclusive in saying that you can, or all exclusive in saying, that the melechet uh, nefesh, the work that you'll do to produce food on Yom Tov is for yourselves as human beings who are Jews. That's it. Nothing and nobody else. I understand. Rabbi Akiva, he distinguished. He said, well, non-Jews are out. Dogs and animals are in. Why? Why would you exclude the non-Jews but include the animals? Answers the Gemara. What's that? 
answers the Gemara, answers Rabbi Akiva, Marbe Aniyata Kelabim Shemezonotan Alecha Umosi Ani Eta Ovde Kochavim Sheen Mezonotan Alecha. The statement here in the Gemara is the response of Rabbi Akiva, more specifically, is the difference between non Jews and dogs is which one is your responsibility. Keep in mind, it's in a time and place where you could have even owned non Jews, aside and beyond Kadama, where you own them. What's that? But you. But your animal, you have a responsibility and you're the sole um, provider of food for them. As a result, lachem, says Rabbi Akiva, is part of the permissibility with regards to animals. You are responsible to feed them. But as I mentioned earlier, the poskim say in our Gemara, since they could take their own food, there's no permissibility. We don't go that far, ironically or, or interestingly, yeah. On Yom Tov for non-Jews, uh, yes. If you go like Rabbi Akiva, uh, there's a lot, a lot of if yous. If you go like Rabbi Akiva, that you're allowed to make food for dogs, and you have a ho'il in this circumstance, and it's a sha'atadahak sort of situation, yes, you would be able to. Uh, it's a pressing situation. You need to get the food or you lose your possessions. In that circumstance, we'd use a ho'il, even lechatechila. We don't follow that. We don't even go like Rabbi Akiva on this. Amale Abaye le Rav Yosef. Abaye taking this all in turns to Rav Yosef. No problem. No, this is, as I understand this, that beraita would only be, uh, again, that beraita which was telling us that if it's ma'achal ro'im, that's only following the opinion of Rabbi Yosei Agalili, not of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is permitting even... No, the Gemara is explaining to us, he and Rabbi Uda ben Bava, unless you're going to defend him and say, no, he says, I'm a Rabbi Akiva Jew. But the assumption is we're going like Rabbi Yosei Agalili, and as a result, he was wrong on the non-Yamanite. Make sure you keep the Yamanites out. Yeah, correct, correct, as he was rebuked. All right, says the Gemara, uh, quickly says the Gemara, Amar le Abayel Rav Yosef. So again, we were just reading from a Beraita, that's from the time of the Mishnah. It's going back a uh, good uh, 1800 years or so, 1900 years. And now we're fast forwarding several hundred years forward, time of the Gemara, Abaye Rav Yosef, toward the end of the Gemara time, Abaye says to Rav Yosef, Uler Biyosei HaGalili, looking back, remember that opinion, Biyosei HaGalili, whom we just mentioned, what was his opinion? His opinion is that you're not allowed to prepare food for dogs, for animals on Yom Tob, according to his opinion, that you're not allowed to, that it's forbidden to, 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 to uh, make food, produce food for, and do melacha for animals on Yom Tob. Hane, these, and anytime you use the word these in this type of sentence, means it's right here in front of you. You see what we do? He's always asking from the Minhag Ha'olam. And again, this, this line in the Gemara is very telling because the answer will not be, we're wrong. The answer will be, how do we rationalize? He's about to ask a question about what they do. And instead of saying, oh, we must be doing it wrong, everybody's, no, 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 no. The Gemara takes a step backward. Abaye and Rav Yosem says, so how do we explain this? Hane sufale lehayuta. Rashi says, gar'ine temarin. These uh, 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 date seeds, date pits. 
Hayuta um, means animals, which are food for animals. lehu How do we throw it to our animals on Yom Tov? Uh, what do you mean? How do you throw it to animals? Well, what sort of production is that? Rashi hechisha dinan lehu. The top Rashi, the second one. Kevan de la adam lahazu. Since it's not appropriate for maachal adam for a human being to eat, umachal lebehemal lamishdere, and you're not allowed to produce to make food for not for for animals. Asire betiltul. It should be asur betiltul. The word tiltul means mukzeh, you shouldn't be able to move it. The question really is, we're not producing much, but why is it permitted for us to carry? Why are we allowed to touch it? How are we allowed to provide it to our animals, these dates, uh, these, these pits of dates? Tosafot, on the right-hand side, there's... There is. When's the last time you had a date uh, pit? No, no, for yourself. That's, That's why right. it's animal food. In other words, the, the food is not... Yeah, but the question is, why... Yeah, but I need it to muxer, why did you get it to the animal? The question is, why isn't it muxer? And in turn... Right. I eat the date, correct? Now I have a pit in my mouth. Just eat what happened. We will, we will, in not too long time, deal with what you're supposed to do in such a circumstance. I'm so far. I eat the date. I have a date. I want to give it to my dogs. Uh, you can't move. We're asking a question right now. We don't know why you're allowed to move that pit. That's what we're asking. Now, I'm taking the pits and handing it to the animal. Shouldn't be permitted. Says the. I understand, but now once you enjoyed it, it's now it. That's right. Now, Tosafot, ironically and very tellingly, asks a question on this question. Tosafot says, it's not possible the Gemara is saying that animal food is forbidden. And they have three questions, two from Gemarot, and one is from what they were doing. That's an amazing thing. The Gemara has a question of Abayen Rav Yosef. How is it that we do this? Maybe the answer is you're doing wrong. Tosafot says, it can't be that they're actually forbidding ma'achal behema, says Tosafot. Lohi di'imken tikshay, on the right-hand side, right across from where we're reading, he'achana anu notnim teven la behema. How is it that we give grain to our animals? This is Tosafot, 700 years after the Gebarah, asking this question. For me, this is, this is Gan Eden in Halakha. You have to understand what's taking place. The Gemara asked the question based on Halakha, our practice. Our practice isn't wrong. How do you explain it? Tosafot says, you can't understand the Gemara is actually saying because it's Mukseh, because our practice. Our practice can't be wrong. How do you rationalize? Tosafot, as a result, and we won't read the answer in the Gemara, Tosafot, as a result, suggests the reason it's Mukseh specifically and only, and it'll calm the Jareds down as well, because in order to produce these, these date pits, you need to do a certain melacha to them. They're not just ready. You need to do a small melacha, melechet derabbanan, some sort of cutting which is forbidden rabbinically. Maybe it's too strenuous, too difficult. And that melacha, which in turn had, has been produced, makes it into mukzeh, because that melacha can't be done on Yom Tov. I did the melacha before the Yom Tov. But the melacha which was done to it shows that this is a ochel which needs to be produced from that melacha. And in turn, how is it, asks Abayet Rav Yosef, that we give our animals on Yom Tov from those date pits? It should be mukseh. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.